1: Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Oh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again.
2: Rebel Radio.
3: What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host Josh Levine. This week we are back with Eddie Donaldson co-hosting. Eddie's the founder of Guerrilla One, my link to uh, everything street art, graffiti, and now uh, fine art, as we're gonna talk to one of Eddie's clients today, Michael Kirst, who's an up and coming artist that is up and coming fast. He and Eddie teamed up recently and uh, they're doing tons of shows together and commissions and really cool chairs. and, And we're gonna dig into Michael's journey Uh, as an artist and how he's brought humility and creativity and work ethic and all of that to this journey. Uh, It's good stuff. Let's get into it right now with Michael Kirst. How'd you guys meet?
1: So I was introduced to Eddie by Beth Bowen, an artist friend of mine. Love Beth. The and truth I, is I went to Chippendale's show and he was the feature. I was
2: the lead <laughs> lead, yeah. dancer. lead dancer. Nice. Do um, they still
3: have Chippendale's?
2: I'm not really
1: sure. That'd be a good question <laughs> for for, for Michael. <laughs> uh, they you know. I know they have Thunder down under, but that's uh, all yeah, Vegas no, 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 Vegas no. bound stuff.
2: Yeah, Beth introduced us, uh he came to the uh, P, uh Heaven on PCH. Oh, okay. And he was just installing, helping Beth. Nice. And I was like, yo, you got some work, bring it out. And he brought some paintings out, right? Mm hmm But I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for Michael, having on PCH wouldn't have been, we wouldn't even have had it because he did more work than anybody there.
3: Wow.
2: Um, And I was very grateful. So we hit it off on that note first. And then I was like, yo, you're kind of a dope artist. Let's talk about some work, you know. And now here we are.
3: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think... I want to talk more about it but you know as you as you find people you connect with in your career right like it's about the art put it then it's it's also about the people
1: yeah for sure i it's one of the things i like most is meeting new people at shows or sure you never one you never know who you're going to meet and in what way they will relate to your life and circle of friends in the art world and Mm -hmm. and beyond that really i mean I mean, I work with Eddie now, but we're pretty good friends now yeah. i mean if anything i I look at it like you make new friendships and meet new people, and then it it it's sort of a little bit of a life enrichment you know in a way because absolutely i keep my I keep my friend' circle pretty tight, you know i mean I have people that I consider close friends, mm-hmm. but I don't just let anyone in right and so it's it's nice to meet good people like Eddie and then um, just various people. I just met some really nice people at the last show that we did together in Hermosa beach, um, love South Bay style. So it's just, I enjoy meeting new people like that, you know, yeah. in that scene.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, having, having gone without live events and being, being together in rooms for a couple of years, we can sort of appreciate, yeah. you know, the value that that adds. And obviously, you know, we're all doing business online. Everything's, you know, you can sell stuff around the world or whatever. And there's advantages to that, but there's also, I think, no replacement up, for yeah. being in the room yeah.
2: up close, per, up close and personal.
3: Yeah, yeah. And those conversations that never would have happened if you hadn't bumped into someone at the bar. Or
1: yeah, or proximity. Standing yeah. at the same picture or whatever. I like that FaceTime. Sure. People time. You know, it's
3: absolutely. So how'd you get started? What's do you remember? Uh, starting out your your first painting kind of thing?
1: Yeah, well, so I always joke around and say, I was, well my mom coined it, I guess, that I was born with a pencil in my hand. So I I remember drawing ever since my first memory. Okay. Um, And just doodling and whatever, but the weird thing about it is I would stand, I would stand and draw, I wouldn't sit at a table. Mm. I remember living in this house in Glendale when I was a kid. and there was this long in the dining room there was a long kind of just a wooden shelf cabinet thing and that's where i would stand and do my art and, I would, okay. and my mom worked uh for a paper company so i had no shortage of paper nice. no shortage of pencils and i would stand there all day and just draw 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 i mean i'd you know i was a pretty normal kid i went out rode my bike did sure. all that kind of stuff too roller skated and all that mm-hmm. um grew up with one sister for many years until my mom got remarried and I had uh, two half-sisters, but um, pretty much been drawing and illustrating my whole life.
3: Nice.
1: Spent a lot of time in high school where I took art classes and then started illustrating a lot more. Mm-hmm. Started working, started drawing some weird stuff too, but really what, started exploring what's, what's weird art. stuff? Well, <laughs> um, I would hang out with this other artist, um, goes by the name of Plastic God, and we, Uh, we went to high school together and we would, I would, after school, we would go to his house and sit for hours on end. And back then we were really into markers and pastels Mm -hmm. and and pen and ink stuff, a lot of illustration. And we would create, like we would take a national geographic that had the Sistine Chapel pull out in it Mm -hmm. and we would recreate parts of it, but larger. And then I would turn the people into glass instead of like normal people and or Chrome. Sure, um and I was kind of doing a little bit of street art at the time as well. And, street art or graffiti uh, kind of both. what did you write uh well, I went by the I went by the handle sound, so I was sound one, and I was in this group k and l okay, and I could never figure out what the hell it meant though it was it was supposed to be kings and lords, okay, but then it was knowing no limits and then Uh, kids never learned. So it had, it went by all these different Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Just spent a lot of time doing art and then never really painted though. Like paint on canvas, you know, dabbled a little here and there, but never really liked it. And I was a little intimidated by it, to be honest. And, uh, by the time I was, um, I was married early, I had my first child at 18. Mm. Um, and, Married that marriage lasted about seven years, had three kids from that marriage. By the time I was remarried, I had kind of picked up art again because I let it go for a long time. Just mm-hmm. being thrust into the working world, trying to raise a family. Sure. No money. Um,
3: well, what'd you do for work at that time?
1: Uh, I've done just about everything from driving forklifts. I worked in a wood mill. I, I ran a printing press for seven years. Oh wow. Um, you name it i did it and then i started getting into more of like sales i did outside sales for a okay. company and started getting into the sales uh putting on a suit and tie every day for work you know because i thought that was the answer to sure. you know all my problems and yeah of course it wasn't um nor was it what i was meant to be doing mm-hmm. but i think there's a time and a place i think when you when you finally figure out what you're supposed to be doing right and it happens at different times for everybody um Cause my mom would always tell me I'd have conversations with her and she was like, why aren't you doing art? You need to be doing art. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And for years I, I rallied against it and I was like, no, 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 I got to make money. I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta have my own business. I gotta do whatever.
3: Support a family, all that.
1: Yeah. And just out of necessity, a lot of that was from, and then I got
3: quick sidebar. Yeah. What do you think, you know, that time away doing all this shit that wasn't for you, what was, if you look back now, what was the value in that? What did you learn or take from oh, from those experiences?
1: I mean, there's, there's tremendous value to be gained from all the different experiences I've had. Just one, it made me a much more outgoing person uh, as a people person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say I was necessarily an introvert, but I think once I went from working in warehouses and to going to sales, and then being in front of people all the time and yeah. kind of honing that particular skill set. Um, and then also working in marketing. I, I was a marketing coordinator at BCBG Clothing for a while and oh, wow. dealing with clients and, and just different people. It kind of opened me up and, and taught me how to, I, I think, deal with people a little bit more comfortably. Nice. Um, so I think there's value. There's a value in everything that you do along the way, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not technically what you're supposed to be doing, I guess. you know sure. Whatever that means. But... Um, yeah i think there's inherent value in in every aspect of your life you know and all the experiences that you that you have some of which i i don't fully know what they were but i know that probably i learned something from Mm -hmm. it
3: so so then how'd you sell your first piece tell me about how how that happened
1: so um earlier this year january picked up a paintbrush got some paints got some canvas and i'm like i'm just gonna i'm going all in on this thing and uh started painting and right away people kind of took to it and they were like, wow, you know, and (laughs) even to this day, I'll run into friends that I've known for a long time and they'll be like, I didn't know you did that. Like, you know, it's really good and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, and the very first piece that sold was actually a piece I donated to, um, um, they were having a benefit dinner, like a fundraising dinner up in Bel Air, uh, for a Ukrainian, benefit and i did a piece i did a face it was an abstract donated that piece to the show and it actually sold that night cool so that was the real you know kind of the sort of the launch i guess into where i am today and and yeah selling paintings and doing that now he's selling like hotcakes yeah yeah i've been fortunate i mean people you know yeah, i think went really well
3: yeah. how's that How's that happening? How's the word getting out or how's
1: a lot of it is is word of mouth meeting people. We go to shows, you know, and I put him in two shows so far. Mm -hmm. I have it on PCH and love uh, South Bay style. We
2: released a print on Sugar Press. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he also has a really tight, you know, he lives in a small community. Um, And I think there's a lot of heat coming, you know, because he didn't do it. You know, it's one of those things like, wow, I didn't know he did that and he's such a nice guy that i think a lot of his a lot of people, you know, take to him first and mm-hmm. and then the art's great too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like it's like some people we know their art's great but they're, you know, you don't want to be around them. Mm. So i think he's got a great combo.
3: Yeah.
1: I appreciate that. I think it does, you know, some of the pieces i've sold just to close friends who had no idea right. and i said, "Oh, you want to come look at what i do?" and that's how i sold one right on the spot. One of my friends said, Put a red dot on that that's mine yeah that's cool i'll take it you know just how much is it and so it's been a lot of that kind of stuff and then kind of the word of mouth in the small community like eddie said it's now people are i just got hired to do um just recently to do a mural in one of my friends daughter's bedroom and stuff so it's they're kind of catching on now and then they're spreading the word and social media's been steadily growing and and getting a little recognition there i guess Mm mm-hmm um, he's coming to Louisville, so we're we'll good. Oh, cool. We're I going, we're going, go. we're going nice. Uh, global. Nice. Yeah.
3: Um, you know, you said something just, you know, I know some of the artists that you've worked with in the past or folks we both know that are maybe a little harder to. A little
2: more difficult. A
3: little more difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there's a little bit of mystique to that. You know, some, some artists or people feel like being, uh, not that they're playing a role, but feeling like they don't necessarily need to be easy to work with, and maybe that's part of their persona or what makes them you know interesting.
2: yeah Yeah, I mean, somebody said it to me said it best, you know Kurt Cobain wouldn't have been Kurt Cobain if he wasn't Kurt Cobain.: Sure, you know, so you're absolutely right. It's like there's these pe there's these 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 artists, these creators that have they create from a certain place and that transcends into all the how they do business and it's where they pull their energy from. And that yeah. that energy transfers to your work and then transfers sure. to your home. And so when you look at it there's a little bit of that that woe factor because that's that you, you actually have that peace on in your house. I don't think you get that with Michael. I think you get a sense of peace when you when his work. Sure. I think it comes off with his personality and the way that he applies his energy to the campus.
3: Yeah, I think that's interesting and it's kind of like each person has their own lane, right? And you might not be Kurt Cobain, but you might be Dave Grohl. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Who's a who's a professional and shows up on time and is is not the dark brooding mysterious. Yeah. Uh so I I think it's to me it's like each each person's got to find their way and and just I mean, would, be who they are. For
2: me, for me what I like, I mean, I know this is about Michael today, but what I like is I like working with artists who you see who they are in their work okay like dave navarro for instance you know he's just this really kind soul and he, he makes art you know for and, and tries to raise awareness of mental health
3: sure he's
2: good guy con you know peaceful dude easy going and you feel that when you look at his work like when we dropped off a painting to one of his buyer's house you know, it just it looked like it belonged there based on her aesthetic and his. Mm-hmm. It was like the merging of these two people's energy perfectly on this wall in her house. And she didn't pick. She didn't commission the painting. It was right. a painting that he had already done. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it was almost like he made it for her before he knew her. And then these, and the the energies just kind of like connected perfectly in this girl's house. Like she knew right where she wanted it. Sure. And it was like he did it for yeah. the
1: space.
3: So so run with that for a minute. What, what do we learn about you from looking at your, your art? Uh,
1: well, I think one of the things, one of the aspects of my art is that it's, when I, when I start a painting, I have an idea in my head about what I wanna do. And it just, it starts flowing. And then I don't know, I have, I have the initial idea, mm-hmm. but where the painting goes along the way is, is always different and it always winds up different and um i think one i love i love portraiture i love um i'm just i'm looking this way because i'm looking at one of my paintings now and trying to figure that out but Mm -hmm. i think one of the things is you really capture a lot with eyes i mean it's what we do we look at each other and we look at each other in the eye and because you pick up you pick up a lot of emotion and and it doesn't have to be crazy facial expressions all the time but mm-hmm. you you pick up sort of a sense of of emotion in the painting and i think there's a small bit of the culmination of my whole life and the experiences i've had that come through in each one of my pieces because um when someone sees that it's like to them what is it what does it say to them it is a piece of me that mm-hmm. i'm putting out there but I like hearing from people. Sometimes I'll sit back at a show and listen to people talking about one of my paintings, and it's interesting to see what they see in it, and then I know how I felt when I painted sure. it. Sure. But I think it's just I think it's just, you know, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated with me sometimes. Sometimes it's just I see a cool picture or a photo, and I'm like, "Oh, I can I can sense like what I want to do with it. Like I want to add headphones or goggles and Mm -hmm. put stripes on the face and whatever and change it up and make it my own sort of, um, uh, signature in a way, you know, I think I have kind of a certain style that I do with each one of my paintings and, but it's primarily the, the essence of like that, what you're getting through the eyes and the face and, and. What, What I think I heard there is that Michael's emotional. I am an emotional person. <laughs>
0: I mean, no, really, I it's, I mean, out it's out there. not. Listen, that's I think okay. You see that yeah. in,
2: your, in the in the painting. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But I mean, I I heard you know emotion and energy. Yeah, sure. You yeah. know, and I think, you know, he he's, he has a contagious, infectious kind of kind of nature, and I think you get that from the painting as well. Like you know, when I look at that, like I'm not just looking at her spiky hair and her goggles. I'm looking in her eyes, and I'm like wondering what she's thinking. Forget mm-hmm. about what I'm thinking. What is she thinking? hmm Yeah. yeah. She's looking at you.
3: <laughs> so, in that
1: process, do you
3: ever get lost?
1: Lost? Well, I mean, there are times. There are times when I'll get lost. Several times in a in a painting, in a particular okay. painting, and then, but I always find my way then, back. What
3: do you what do? You do? It's,
1: for me it's it's i think um, it's kind of strange, like I'll get derailed sometimes, and it could be an outside influence, it could be mm-hmm. um whatever, or I'll just be painting like for example, last night I was in the studio till like ten thirty working on this new piece, and there was a piece of it that I was working on, and all of a sudden I stood back and i'm like yeah i don't I don't like that at all, sure." And then I was sitting there like, what the hell am I going to do now with that, you know? And, and then it starts like, you get like the self-doubt kind of creeping in. Like first it starts with that one little piece of the painting Mm. and then it starts to go to the whole thing and you're like, what the hell is this? What am I doing? And then it starts to go to, (laughs) depends on the music I'm listening to as well. But, um, then it starts to go like, what am I doing with all my paintings? What the hell am I doing with all this stuff? You know, what does it all mean? Is it, is it? is it crap is it what am i doing and then i go wait a minute there's something that someone told me beth bowen actually told me this a long time ago when i first started she said trust the process Mm -hmm. and so now every single time that i run into a little snag or like a speed bump and when i during work and i get lost on something Mm -hmm. i always just come back to that and you know what it's totally grounding for me yeah. And I go, you know what? It's no big deal. I work in layers anyway. I layer my paintings are pretty layered up, and mm-hmm. I can change. That's the beauty about painting is you can change it, um, and so it kind of brings me back. But I think it's key that for me, I always replay that in my head: is is trust the process, mm. and not only for the painting itself, but just our relationship, the way I'm, you know, my lifestyle, everything. Sure. I've kind of applied that to a lot of things now. Absolutely. And it works out, it usually works out pretty well, like a positive.
3: I mean, I think that's a big lesson. I think in anything you do is certainly a creative endeavor. The middle is always kind of messy. Because yeah. right? the pieces, it's meant to be. Because the pieces aren't put together yet, right? And so if you, if you look too short-sighted, there's no way out. And, and you kind of have to get that. You have to broaden out the lens and see that you're in the middle. Yeah, you're in step five of ten, right? And and it's not supposed to feel good or look good until you get to ten. Yeah,
1: right? trust the journey. You're not gonna journey. get there if
3: you stop now, right? Trust yeah. the journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're not at the end of the book yet. You know, you're, sure. You're still writing. So it. do
3: you keep going? Or, like, or, or are there paintings that you just you know you just throw them out and start over? Like, we're yeah. not gonna get there with that one.
1: There's been a couple pieces that I just. Sure. Whitewash them. Gesso Um, them over. But what's that? You gesso them over? Yeah. Yep. I just put gesso and start over completely. Some of it is, a lot of that is also older um, abstract art that Mm -hmm. I look at now and I'm thinking, eesh, (laughs) what the hell was I thinking with that? Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's a good canvas. Canvas ain't cheap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I just, I just... I just, uh, just the whole thing and, sure. and, and start over. And then other, other times, um, I've had pieces too, where I just go right over another piece. Uh-huh. Um, I had an interest, I had a piece, a big piece that got rejected actually from a client. I was doing a big abstract piece. It was bright and, and real angular and edgy. And, and then I was like, I love it as a background why not just put interject one of my pieces on it and put a portrait on it. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be, in my opinion, pretty kick-ass. Which but, one was that? Um, the rebel. Yeah. The, the one with the big James Dean. Smiling. Oh yeah. I saw
3: that on, on your site. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so that's cool.
1: So that's a piece that like that background and I added to it, you know, but I was like, that would look pretty cool. It would look cool going right through the portrait too. So uh-huh. I just kind of kept that one more outlined and nice yeah sometimes it just works out that way
3: so so you mentioned how music might affect so what do you listen to when you're painting and and how does how do you see the how do you see that influence showing up
1: so music is is massive with me so i listen to music i listen to music all the time anyway but especially when i'm in the studio painting and the types of music i listen to varies pretty wildly as eddie can attest to (laughs) But i do uh, like what's some i mean i go go to i'll go from go to's for me um i like heavy moody music when i'm painting okay i'm just i like nine inch nails i like pink floyd okay i like um third eye blind i can go into coldplay or i can go into some trippy edm type stuff like Mm -hmm. dark edm um and that's just for me the creative juices are flowing and I'm in the zone and I really like that kind of stuff. On the mm-hmm. flip side I put on um, Tom Petty if I'm feeling like lighthearted and I just okay. want some lighthearted music to work to that's just got a good you know beat to it, good jam and I'm I'm just flowing. Yeah. I'll put on that or even like Steely Dan, I'll go back, I'll put on like Boz Scaggs, you know just go back to that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I really like that kind of stuff, too. Sticks is big. Um, you listen to hip-hop ever when you paint? I, I rarely ever listen to hip-hop. Yeah, when I'm painting.
2: All right, well, this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So can I, can I challenge you? Yeah. You ready to accept the I challenge? Like be,
1: I like being challenged.
2: Why don't you try hip-hop once? Why don't you let me give you a little playlist, and why don't you just see what comes out?
1: All right, I'm good with playlists.
2: Not that it'll be better or worse. Who knows? But yeah. I'm just saying, why don't I throw you a little a little a little jam because everything you mentioned exists in hip-hop too you know there's like the guru jasmine shit yeah. i right? get you that boss gags feel you know there's 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 i'd be sure. i'd be curious to see what you come out come up yeah like. for sure we'll get back to you on that one joshua
3: so do you think you can see those influences in the in the work when it shows up
1: yeah 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 because it it, it comes across in the mood in the mood and the painting and also some of the colors sure um and just where I think it has an influence and, and you can see it a little bit in the painting, whether someone else equates, you know, Pink Floyd to my painting or sure. whatever is, is yeah. totally- I awkward. have a question.
2: So do you think it helps the strokes or the angles and the edges? You know, like if you're at nine inch nails, are you cutting sharper oh. than you are when it's Tom Petty?
1: I have, More. I. you know, I don't necessarily paint angry, but I have I have gotten more aggressive with a painting. Okay. With putting on. I really like one of my one of my little style signatures is I use a lot of I do a lot of I do the the general idea, the brush strokes, and then I come back with a lot of palette knife work. hmm And I've been I've definitely been in places with nine inch nails or like corn or something where I'm I'm putting it on a little Cutting bit more. Up,
3: slicing through the ketchup. Edgy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Trying not to cut the canvas, right. but
3: huh.
1: uh, you know, sure. Um, but yeah, it definitely affects a little bit of the way I paint too, in yeah. a way, which I think is good. I think it's that's just part of my creative process, and yeah. So, but I like I like the idea of a new playlist. Yeah, do it just
2: do one hip hop painting. Eh? Yeah,
1: because I've I've been given playlists by my son, uh-huh. who himself is a DJ, and he's like, oh, hey, nice. I put together this for him he's an EDM guy and he uh-huh. put together this dark EDM playlist and i played that over and over you know on several paintings and sure so i kind of like that kind of stuff cuz so, it opens up new it opens me up to new possibilities new music and stuff that i haven't heard
2: do you think you there's a you know back to the emotional michael do you think that your son made the playlists gives you a certain spark
1: yeah i think in a way it does sure you know, because I love things that are tied in personally like that. Yeah. You know, family, close friends, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure that's definitely an element of it. Good. For sure.
3: Um, you had a quote, something I read online, that said, Allow yourself to find creativity in all that you do each and every day. Sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> t- how do you how, teach us how to do that? <laughs> yeah. Do you, I know. <laughs>
1: It's like, sounds pretty prophetic, huh? but yeah. Like when is that, um,
3: uh, when is that difficult? And, and, you know, when are the times that stand diff- out that, 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 uh, you have to sort of find the creativity?
1: So it's difficult when I'm angry for starters or frustrated just sure. in a situation. Yeah. Um, not necessarily with art or anything, just in yeah. life in general. Sure. And we all go through you that. Tight, right? I mean, yeah. I'm married with kids and, Friends, all that stuff, so you go through those moments. It's difficult for me to find creativity in those moments, but um, I, try to, I try to, one, I'm, I'm a very visual person, obviously, as an artist, and so for me, I try to find creativity throughout my day when I'm looking at things, architecturally, people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love people watching. Um, it just, it gives me ideas for paintings, they just yeah. jump into my head. It could be a piece of a painting, um, something that I add into a face or just uh, an abstract or something. So I think there's, I think there's opportunity to find creativity all the time. Definitely. It's just people, I think most people go through their day with blinders on, they're so focused yeah. on the task, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard sometimes for them to get out of their own way and see see the beauty that's all around them, um, or the ugliness, the mm-hmm. tragedy or mm-hmm. the triumphs. Um, cause that stuff surrounds us every single day. It might be minor. It might not be like a plane crashing or something, but it might just be, might be, we see someone and they just happen to smile at us or something. And so, you know, most people, they don't, they don't think too much on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to, I take it all in and, and, you know, not all the time, full time, but it's, I try to derive some sort of creativity from that and apply Check. it to my work.
3: Yeah, that's good. I find myself like, you know, like I said, you get stuck in the thing and now, you know, you work from home and you're just like in the room like all the time. Right. And sometimes it's great. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, I need to go. I, you know, I'll go down the marina, walk around the boats, clear my head yeah. or or let me get out of here and go sit in a cafe and just watch, like I said, watch people. Just kind of shake it up a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes I shake something loose.
1: Yeah, it's important. I think you can get trapped in a situation, like you say, working from home. Yeah. Everybody started working from home, right? And then you start to feel trapped a little bit if you've been stuck in their own. Solitude. Yeah. Even doing the artwork, I'll be, you know, I was, before I was in my current studio, I Was working from home i kind of took over the whole living room the whole dining room i took over all these rooms Mm -hmm. for my art but and there's lots of light coming in and but even even then god after like four hours straight you know doing this on the canvas it's like i need to get out for a little bit i need to yeah um, you know kind of recharge and refresh so yeah yeah for sure eddie
3: you have a you have a go-to when you need like a fresh environment or perspective or something I meditate okay
2: I mean I have you know I'm not I don't meditate nearly as much as I should so I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm the meditation guru pretend like you are but I I can you know I can trans I can change my my situation just through meditating and I mean it's challenging in the business that I'm in and and Josh you know this because we work together it's like we're always around people we're always problem-solving for other people critical thinking is a must Mm mm-hmm but it's tiring So for me, I just have kind of learned to just take those couple minutes to breathe it out and find something that I that's that that's happy, or even if I like you use anger. When I'm angry, I work great. What I do because it just gives me that extra push that I need sometimes. Right. You know, I I used to say I work best when my back's against the wall, because we're out here producing these events for people, and you know, it's it's just it just works. You get used to it. So there's you. I have to find this time where I'm not back against the wall when it's not because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll try to create my back against the wall so I can get through something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I just meditate, you know, and I can be anywhere I want within a couple of minutes, whether it's on the beach or it's on a motorcycle ride, mm. just sitting at my desk.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's a, it's a, it's almost a little bit of the opposite, right? Like I'll get, like, I, I'll find if I'm stuck, I need other people. Like, I either need to, I'll either call James or I'll grab my wife and like talk it through. Mm. Or sometimes I want to like distract myself and go solve somebody else's problems. Yeah. Well, and that, then that, that clears works. up space for me to <laughs> think course. about my own. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's not one that, you know, sometimes it's one thing. No, and I mean, I, I, I can relate to that.
2: Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. So when I look at my 72 piece list of things to do, when I get stuck on something, I'm like, well, let me grab this low-hanging fruit real quick and call Shepard and get a yes sure. on this. Because yeah. when he says yes to this, it's going to make these other eight things I need to do flow better because I'm happy yeah. that I was actually able to, to get something done versus kind of finding myself stuck.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something I learned from my son. Like that, You know, when he was little, he'd get stuck in this tantrum and this pattern, and sometimes you just need to interrupt it somehow. Mm. You know, get, hand him some food or throw a ball or... Something to like stop the yeah. the path you're on, right? And
1: create and, uh, a distraction.
3: And it took me a while to figure out. Like sometimes I gotta do that for myself too, <laughs> right? Like you get in this, you get in the flow, right? And, yeah. Well, you can always, always call
2: me if you need some distraction. because <laughs> You don't call me nearly enough. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. My, my my phone is open.
3: Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we we're talking about, you know, your your style and you you've got this definitely I think a look emerging, especially with the portraiture. Mm-hmm. Um so tell me about that. You know the I think there's a lot of advantages to having a a distinguishable style. Um and then I also would assume that, you know, we we've seen other artists throughout their careers, right? They get they get into a style and then then move on to, you know, Mm -hmm. Picasso's famous for his periods or whatever, right? And, and so how do you, how conscious are you thinking about, you know, being in a phase or, or what the, what the style is or if it's evolving or, or not?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, it's funny, I have a painting in my room, bedroom, an oil painting, and I couldn't even tell you who it's from, but the style of that painting, it seems like a lot of little dabs of Mm -hmm. the brush. And so when I started, I, I kind of liked that idea and I was like, how can I kind of put that into my work? And that's where the, um, the palette knives came in and adding just color. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like such a symmetrical dab, like this certain painting I have in the room, but it, it kind of went there and but I do think about like, is there an evolution? Like, I'll think about people that that have created a name, and obviously, when you mention someone's name, you know right away their style of sure. work, and it's happened to have worked out very well for them, you know. And so I think, and then you have people like Picasso, which went all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Went through different phases anyway, sure. uh, major phases, and sometimes I think about it and I think well do I want to do do I want to switch it up but then I start thinking well I'm I'm still relatively new to the game right in terms of creating my name and creating my style and all that so I think for me it's I'm having a good time doing what I'm doing right now yeah just ride that wave and and um, I don't think so much in terms of changing my style around but what I do think about is like Maybe I want to introduce some series at some point and then work on a series. And whether that's the same style that I'm using now um, or it's a little bit different, so be it. Um, But to be quite honest, I don't think I'm even at that stage yet. I just enjoy going in. I could paint all day, every day, year round right now. It's just coming, it's just flowing all these ideas. Well, I suggest you you do. Yeah. That means we have more (laughs) work to sell. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying not always easy with kids and of course sports and everything but of course um but yeah i think that i think i'll cross that bridge when i get to it yeah perhaps um, um depending on how the artwork is doing and, and how well it's received you know yeah from once it starts pushing out of my community and getting more national and hopefully international all that kind of stuff you know
2: so so let me ask you this on that, to, you know, to, on that point, do you like painting, do you like commission work? Like if somebody, well, maybe this is a bad question. What makes you feel better, painting something that somebody else wants you to paint or something
1: that just comes to, your, to you? I mean, I always feel better painting something that just comes to me. I think that's like where the key to my creativity lies. Yeah. Um, but I've got no problems with commission work and because even if I'm painting something, um, for example, there was a very specific picture given to me for an upcoming mural that I got commissioned to do, and but the person said, the client said, "Look, I want I want to see your style in this in this picture, though. I mm-hmm. know that you use you know these heavy um, palette strokes and all this kind of stuff. So to me, it's still a little bit of my yeah, regardless painting in there, yeah. regardless, but." Definitely when I sit down and I think about, well, what do I want to put on the canvas? That's where I'm in my happiest place. Yeah, free I'm, flowing. Yeah. Because I know some creative. of the
2: artists I work with, you know, shit Retina specifically, like when he makes his work, he loves to, it, it, he channels a message.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's when he's happiest, is when he's able to channel, channel his own message. Yeah. You know, he we did a lot of work for other people. You know, like one guy, some he whatever in Spanish, he proposed to his wife with some thing, and, and oh, wow. he was hesitant, and then he did it, and it was great, and he loved it afterwards. But it was that initial sure. push that it took to get over the hump. You know, a lot of artists have have a hard time with that one. Yeah, I think what I like about Michael is that he's so talented; he can mm-hmm. kind of do almost anything. You know, I mean, so and like we we have a thing coming up for a retail store, it's all abstract, it's all, mm-hmm. it's not, if you saw it in the store, you wouldn't know it was him, mm-hmm. but it's still really good work.
3: Yeah, do you ever do, do you ever do exercises like that, do you ever like try to get go do something totally different And
1: I've done a few, I've yeah. done some paintings like that, they're not, they're not on my website, like mm-hmm. I don't think they're representational of what I want to put out right, right now, but yeah. they're completely different styles, yeah. And I've gotten really good feedback on them. Um, part of the struggle for me is 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 just that, like, what do I want to put out and get recognized for, sure. and start to build my brand on. And right. so, even though I, you know it might be kind of fun to do some different things, um, I kind of limit myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess what it comes down to is I have a little bit of fear about. Failure. I mean, I think that's natural, right? Everyone fears sure. failure, but failure brought on by my own trying to do too much at once, all at once, and and um, and maybe maybe it could work that way, maybe not. I don't know, but I do. I do. I see other. I see people's paintings and completely different styles, and it. I'll be honest. It kind of inspires me to try something different, especially when it's cool and sure. I really like it yeah I'll go ahead and give it a shot and some of the stuff comes out pretty good um it's just do I want to be now that I'm getting busier and selling more work do I want to be putting my resources into that kind of stuff right of course um
3: yeah I mean you got to be careful about how you spend your time right? yeah because
1: um, now the time is starting to get pretty full up sure. you know I'm pretty busy yeah. every day now
3: yeah I think that's really interesting I also think you know um, uh, you know I've seen I've seen somewhere that you know one of the differences between pros and amateurs, and maybe it's a little bit of a sports analogy, right? Is that pros practice like ninety percent of the time they yeah. practice, versus you know when I go play tennis, I'm just playing tennis, right? Right. Um, and and so I think there's something to the workouts mm-hmm. that maybe never see the light of day, but they're a way to either build, brush up on skills or, or just explore different, you know, cr- like cross training. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think I do some of that Yeah, with my work, my actual work. So, so to use your analogy, so I'm on the court playing tennis, mm-hmm. but I'm still working on the technique a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe sure. trying something new while I'm working on my piece. And I, yeah. I do that quite a bit. That's cool. Um, so I won't, I won't take a day and say, well, I'm going to do, this kind of style today right. and, you know just to one see if i could do it and two you know practice something else mm-hmm. um i try to do it in smaller increments i think but i definitely do do that while i'm working on pieces and that's cool um you know because i think it's important too the practice you know to go back to that same analogy like the professional the practicing 99 percent of the time and then they're in a game right. situation yeah to perform yeah. and that's where the practice pays off absolutely and i think back to when i was doing you know i played volleyball in high school and stuff like that and my it's funny my 16 year old plays volleyball as well competitively mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. club and and high school and he's a kid that he's got to be pushed off the court to put time in to better himself to sure. do it Mine and too. because natural ability will only take you so far That's right. when i was his age i was up at four thirty in the morning in the gym yeah every day. Yeah. Like I just put in that time off the court, you know? Yeah. And, um,
3: yeah, talk about that. I read an article, you guys talking about uh, work ethic. So where does that come from for you? And, and, and maybe more importantly, what do you do when it's, uh, when you, when you struggle with that, like, how do you, how do you get to work when you don't feel like
1: <laughs> I, I, I check my ego at the door for okay. starters. Like, so when we first met, and I worked on on um, love love Malibu style up on oh, PCH, we have it on PCH. Um, that was um, you know I went there not expecting to put up any pieces of art. Mm-hmm. I was there because I was asked to shoot photography at the event. Oh, cool! And being a former um, photographer and still having some gear, I I agreed to that because one, it was a way for me to be involved with the event. Um, and I felt, I felt honored to be just a part in any way. Sure. And then when I saw that there, they needed me to roll up the sleeves and go to work and do stuff like that, I have tools. I'm pretty handy and I'm like, yeah, this is, I've got no problem with this kind of stuff. So for me, it's a lot of, there's no, you'll, I don't know. I think Eddie can agree with me. There's no like prima donna with me. I'm very humbled, I'm very humbled to be where I am. I'm very honored to have art sell. I -hmm. still get very excited when someone says, hey, I'd like to buy this piece of art or whatever. It just knocks my socks off every single time. Totally. Because I, you know, sometimes I just wake up pinching myself like, how did I get here? You know, and in a a relatively short amount of time. Well, I mean,
2: I can tell you that's how you got here. Yeah. That's how you got on this couch was your, your, you know, I mean, I'm envious, you know, It's somebody that can just come into a situation the way that he did and does. Cause you know me, I'm not necessarily like that. You know, I'm not rolling my sleeves up just on a whim. You know, i I, I I've seen and, you
3: carrying boxes. And, okay.
2: So now I'm getting better at that. But my, yeah. you know, generally speaking over the 30 years I've been, you know, he, I mean, he just came and just rolled his sleeves up and was sure. like, you know he took all the doors off. I mean, he just did stuff that I wouldn't even dream of doing for myself, much less for someone else. So I was like, okay. And then I saw the art and he, that's the same thing with everything we do, you know, he's just open and, and that, that disposition is what carries nice. a lot of weight.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just charge forward because you never know where it's going to lead Yeah. for that particular show. Not only did I take doors off and do photography at the event, but it turned out there was some empty wall space and Eddie said, Want. Let's put your pieces there. Nice. Like let's go. And he
2: works so <laughs> fluid, Josh, that he ended up painting a painting of a picture that he took of one of the people that was at the show. Because he just oh, saw wow. the photo and I was like, I'm gonna paint this painting and I'm like, Where why'd you do that? He goes, I just like the picture and I just
1: painted the painting. And do I was you like, use
3: a lot of your own photography in, in in your process?
1: I I use some of my sons. Mm-hmm. Uh my sixteen year old is a is a pretty good photographer with film. (laughs) I really like his work actually. So he wants to be a doctor, but I keep pushing him. I say, (laughs) you've got the eye, you've got it. You've got talent. Do Do both. I said, do both. That's what I said. I said, it could be a good side hustle for you. You know, just enter some stuff in shows or contests, see what happens. Doctors,
3: every time I need an appointment, they're busy. So I, yeah. I think they, they, <laughs> that's what they're they got doing. plenty of downtime. They got a side
1: hustle doing something <laughs> exactly. else, photography problems.
2: Well, I mean, a, honestly, that on, on that note, you know, with Artists for Trauma, we just did a show in San Diego and like five of the surgeons were artists and they oh, submitted cool. different, you know, some, one was a photographer, that's great. one oh, that's cool. had sculptures, one was a painter. And that was the whole focus of, well, most of the focus was mm-hmm. patients and doctors that create, that make art.
3: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I did. You that know, kind of and stuff.
2: and it, and it was it was nice because they were excited. You know, they were they were humble sure. because it's their side thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're 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 like saving people and rebuilding people's faces after tra- you know tragic accidents. Yeah, but then you know, really getting that 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 giggle off of a painting.
1: You know, your That's reaction amazing. to a painting.
3: That's really cool. Yeah,
1: I like learning about. I like learning that someone does that kind of stuff that you had no clue because of their other professional life or whatever and it's kind of fun i mean art is a great outlet for a lot of people you know yeah. not just artists yeah um absolutely and especially for victims of trauma right i mean it's a healing process it's a healing process for someone like me if i'm in a shitty mood mm-hmm. and i start painting all of a sudden, I'm in a better mood, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, there's a little bit of healing, I think, to art. And it doesn't have to be painting. It could be any kind of art, really. I mean, you could be making pottery or...
2: Yeah, on both sides of that, though, looking at it and making it.
3: Sure. You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: So what Rafa at Indivisible Art says is that uh, art is the language of the soul.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm.
2: when you're making it, your soul's present. For sure. I like that. Yeah.
1: So what do you got coming up? What are you excited about right now? Hmm. Besides just painting. So show wise coming up. I know there's a show coming up with with Roth and in in December, I believe. That's the South Bay Collective. Yeah. In the South Bay Collective that I'm a part of Indivisible Arts and the Resin Gallery in Hermosa. Yeah. Um, But I haven't gotten all the details on that yet. In the short term, there's been there's a lot of potential stuff going on. Um, I know with the solo dome chair that um, there's potential for me painting one of those for clients. And so that would be very exciting for me to do that. Um, So just stuff aside from my everyday painting and producing art.
3: Let's talk about this chair. So this is uh, solo dome, solo dome Mm -hmm. surround sound stereo chair and Someone can have you paint whatever they
1: want? Is that Yeah, I think collaborate with, collaborate with them? Eddie can speak more to that. Yeah, that's the
2: idea. So basically, they are. we put together about seven, eight artists so far. Risky painted the first one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and Michael's one of the artists that I chose to participate in the program. So you go to the website, you look at his work, you like it. You can have your kid on there. You can have, you can have or leave it up to him. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the process will be he'll, he'll meet the owner and the person, and they'll just talk through it and figure out where they go from there.
3: Amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's such a unique design and shape. For sure. It'd be kind of cool to paint on, honestly. You know, it's yeah, kind of a cool concept. It's kind of a cool thing.
3: Yeah, that sounds, something you'd love to have in your house. Yeah, for sounds sure. amazing. There's
1: That's also something. another, um, now that I think about it, I just got word of, uh, they're doing the murals again. Uh, resin, Indivisible Arch, in the South Bay, just got all the murals approved. to Take up all the rest of the empty spots for Hermosa on Herondo. On Herondo. Oh really? So I threw my hat in the ring on that. So I'll he didn't probably tell me there. that. I just got.
2: The I mean, email he didn't tell me. Night. That's great. Oh yeah. I've been I've been trying to figure out who that was and how yeah, to do it since they, Jason fell off of
1: the project. They finally figured it out and got. It's all going to resin and the collective. So nice. I threw my hat in the ring right away. So I'll probably be doing a mural down there. Cool. In Hermosa Beach, pretty soon. He just painted a mural of fame. Oh, cool. Yes. Nice. And he painted with all black caps.
2: I'm like, okay. Do you want some caps? He's like, No, I'm good. I'll just use these. I'm like, <laughs> I went You know that there's thin school. and there's fat. Like, he's right. filling in and it's taking like, I'm yeah. like, two swipes. And he's like, No, I'm, I'm into this. So I was yeah. like, all right. all right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a fun day in the yard. Plastic God came out. Oh, yeah. cool. It was cool. Uh, which yeah, it's I think is interesting in. that you guys have a relationship. It's because so, he's so not outgoing, and no. you're so outgoing. I can't yeah. see you two hanging out as kids.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I, um, we were pretty good friends in high school, actually. And I think we had the common denominator was art. Yeah. Sure. And we were in art classes together, and we'd hang out. We'd, we'd actually skateboard quite a bit together. We were skaters. And then uh taggers and doing all that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. but we would sit and just do art for hours and yeah we as people go we are two we're on two different sides of the coin big sure thing. and and i kind of lost contact with with them for many many years after high school and all that just being busy with my own family and, and doing stuff and he went a whole different direction you know uh, Your kids
2: just, will do that though oh you're yeah you're having kids time. at 18 i'm sure you lost contact with a lot of people.
1: yeah absolutely changed my whole life up really my bad. um Altered a lot of plans, put a lot of things on hold. <laughs> yeah. you know shit, it'll Yeah, do I guess that, um, for a great many years, you know. So, sure. but recently we kind of, you know, Plastic God and I kind of reconnected, and I just tell him about events. You know, I told him about um, PCH and yeah. Malibu, and he showed up and showed up to that. He's he's good like that. He kind of likes to support, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Well, one
2: thing that's coming up, he doesn't even know about is. uh uh he's gonna paint the yard oh and is I, that yeah and i think you guys should paint the same day so you can do your thing the same
1: day he does his yeah. thing not
2: together but right make That's a cool. day of
1: it yeah i think that'd be a great idea and i already have another idea for a much larger piece in the art so um
3: so, so how much are you guys thinking about i mean it sounds like a lot of the focus is on shows um how much are you thinking about marketing and you know what strategy tactics what what you're doing for marketing together.
2: I mean, I can tell you that there's so much going on out there. Mm-hmm. I what I like about Michael is is the hyper focus to his community. Yeah. and what he does and what he's doing so that he can enjoy it. Yeah. But I do think, you know, if we have a retail opportunity that may open up which will be in hundreds of stores.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I think for someone like Michael, it's it's the opportunities are the marketing versus search, you know, just throwing stuff out there just to see what happens. Sure. And I think, you know, we're in a better place than we've ever been for those for that because there's just so much opportunity. Um, with the love brand stuff that we're doing, I'm gonna plan on including Michael in all the love shows. So we mm-hmm. got Austin coming, we got Kansas City coming, we got Louisville coming. You know, so he's going to go on the road, if not physically, at least with 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 prints and mm-hmm. potential originals. So there is some stuff in the works. But, you know, being the fact that we're all grown ups here, you know, just throwing up on social media and seeing what happens is not the game plan for us. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know. Yeah. Not that you're lucky to be to get a piece, but you're lucky to get a piece, you know. It's not it's not for everybody. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a weird it's a weird time because you know, I think it's tempting for people to feel like, "Oh, I got to be on TikTok. I got to be on Instagram. I got to mm-hmm. be, you know, dropping a YouTube every week or whatever, right?" And and the reality is like you know, that may that may be the case if you're a sixteen year old rapper but not necessarily, you know, you're trying right. to sell yeah. Hand painted chairs. Exactly. And, you know, collectible artwork and right, and, and I think but you know, I think there's sometimes this sort of for all of us there's this pressure that we, we just have to be everywhere all at once. And I think being able to, to say no to things is really crucial.
2: Well, the one, also another good thing, you know, one of the first conversations we had, I was like, you know, I've used Andy Anha as an example. He makes a million dollars a year selling $700 paintings. Who? Andy Anha. Okay. $700 paintings. My, one of my favorite pieces in the house is his.
3: But I, I definitely, you know, I think it's interesting that, you know, like you said, you, you're part of a community down in the South Bay. You know, focusing there it doesn't mean that you're not also exploring other things right but no. but taking that seriously and um you know for me i always think of success as resonating out from a core mm-hmm. right and the the bigger the the bigger that circle gets the bigger you know the at core one point is spans yeah. the whole globe but yeah. but you're better off focused on that core than trying to spread yourself to Different things.
2: Well, we've been together three months, and yeah. he's got a cover of a mag coming out. Nice. This uh, next month, we did Aware Now magazine. We're here. Oh. We're here with you. So we definitely are. He's definitely, you know, open. Yeah. But I think it's just doing, making the right choices, and not, you know, the tick. It's not a TikTok thing. Yeah. If if people love some of his work and you utilize that for that, I think you know maybe sure. there's something there for that. Um, and we should think about that but I think you know we're good well I think there's a
3: difference between responding to what other people do right yeah if a bunch of TikTokers started sharing your work and that became a thing we'd
2: be stoked that's different then that
3: becomes then you go okay well now let's put some energy now let's think about that as opposed to chasing it yeah Yeah. I think that's my you know I always hate to see people chasing stuff because it it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, trying to force it. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll
2: tell you something about me and him. We're he already, lovers. here knows it. Here knows we were lovers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, nothing that there's nothing wrong with that if we were. Like we're not right, saying right, that. Right. I'm just saying we're just being funny. Just putting that out there. Um, so we used to work together and I'd always be in my office critical thinking about bizdev and what all these great plans I'd have. Yeah. And I'd walk all the way down to the executive side of the office. Right? It, was
3: next, it was the next, we were, all the literally, way yeah. we were literally next door to each other. Not. And I'd Both run in his feet. office with
2: the best idea. There's no staircase. I don't know if I should tell him this, because then he's, he, but I'd run this down. This was a long time ago. I'd walk in his office with the best idea, right? I'd skip, I'd skip the four or five steps, right? Yeah, I got an idea. <laughs> Get in his office, I'd run the idea down, and he would just chop that idea up and send me back moping, <laughs> I thought I had a million dollar idea and Josh like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Uh, what about that? It sounds like a lot of work, Eddie, for the return. And I was like,
3: oh. So So tell me what you learned from that and I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I learned from that.
2: Well, I learned a couple things. One, think about shit a little more before you run to Josh's office. That was the one thing I definitely learned. So I stopped mm-hmm. running. I was trying to be, I was almost there every other day and that became once a week and some of those things actually stuck, right? But I just learned how to, it's critical thinking. I learned a lot of my critical thinking from, from, from being in meetings, watching him work, and looking at how someone else breaks down my, my idea or what I, you know, my concept. Mm-hmm. You know, it really helped me kind of kind of start breaking things down differently. You know, because I look at it, through, at that time I'm looking at it through my lens, thinking my lens is the best lens. So my lens is this big, yeah. Josh's is like this big. It's a really special talent that he has to be able to look at it from all perspectives at the same time. I can do that, but it takes me a good 30 minutes to get around the table. And Josh could just like, hit, go yeah. around the table and come back with one general consensus in his, in his own head. Mm. What'd you learn?
3: So what I've learned since then, I've done a lot of coaching, a lot of work on myself and all that. And What I've learned is that is not to shut people down is to-
2: Now you learn. Yeah. We probably lost a couple million dollars, man.
3: Probably, <laughs> more than that, right? Is that uh, I, I worked with a coach one time whose motto was always build people's confidence, mm. right? And so, and, and you know, and what I've learned for myself is that the path to great ideas goes through a lot of bad ideas, mm. right? And so I, and and, and and again, I'm it's the same for me for everybody, right? I need to get the bad, I need to get the bad ideas out of the way Mm -hmm. in order to get to the good ones. And without the bad ones, I can't get to the good ones. Yeah. For me anyway. Interesting. And so, um, so if we were having those conversations today, I think my process would be a lot more encouraging and a lot more building on top of,
2: together. Even even if you were paying my salary?
3: Yeah, of course. Okay. Because that's what we're paying for is yeah, to get right. to the to get to get the get good part. Yeah. How, I mean, we did some cool things together, but but we also there's a lot of cool shit that we weren't able to do because yeah. we didn't get there. I wish some and of those cool
2: and, things we did together we wouldn't have done and did some of those other things because we thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Exactly, and, pay,
3: and we got paid. But you know. Exactly, and so who knows what we missed out on? Yeah. Because we, you know, because. We didn't know some of the things we know today about maybe how to get the best out of ourselves yeah. and other people right so that's what i've learned let me do a, a little quick lightning round before i let you guys uh get back to real life um which favorite city to travel to new orleans oh i love it i
1: love it uh, that's the best yeah. <laughs> nashville's a close second i've never i've still new never orleans. been to Nashville.
2: louisville's gonna be the next time we ask it'll be louisville yeah. is that right yeah, yeah probably
3: okay um I know you said you're into some EDM. So, uh, do you have a favorite DJ?
1: Mm. I really like my son. Okay. What's his, what's his, what's his, what's DJ he for? goes, he goes by the, the, the name Odo Kage. Okay. Odo Kage, sound shadow in Japanese. Nice. But, um, aside from that, um, I like lick. Okay. Um, stuff like that along those lines, I guess. What about best live show you've, you've ever seen? Wow. Um, I've seen a lot of good ones, yeah. a lot of great ones, best live show. There's, there's two that come really close. Um, one was Moby. Mm. I thought with, with the LA Philharmonic. actually. Oh, cool. That was a cool, just, yeah. Um, it was just really cool to see them together. The other one was actually um, Sting with the London Philharmonic. I don't know what it is about that okay. that sort of you know sure. composition, you like but you I like, like I really like those shows. That one I saw at Hollywood Bowl. That was an amazing show. It's nice. one of my favorite venues, anyway. So yeah, both great awesome. concerts. Rolling Stones recently was a great concert too. Good live show, but I think on a like to be really involved on a personal level with music that I really love. Um both those shows, Moby and, and Sting, were great shows. Nice. Really, really great.
3: Those, those yeah, those all sound amazing. Um what's the last great book you've read or listened to?
1: Um wow. I'm not a big reader. Okay. But shit I... <laughs> Next. Next, let's see. Well, I can tell you the last the last book I read. Kind of weird. I like um, different stuff, but I think it was like um, there was this Navy SEAL book. Dick Marchinko okay. put out this book. Um, I'm sure he took a lot of liberties in it. It was pretty wild, but it's like his first hand account of um, his time in the SEALs and coming up with this group that um, kidnaps diplomats and stuff just to test their security and all that. Oh, wow. And that so sounds pretty- fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I've read a couple of Navy SEAL books. Hasn't yeah, it? I couldn't put it down, good though. good stories. It was, it was an interesting book. Yeah. That was pretty good. I forget the exact name of it. That's cool. What movie do you think you've
3: seen the most in your life?
1: <laughs> wow. I'm a movie, I love watching movies over and over again, yeah. but probably the one I've seen the most, it'd have to be Big Trouble in Little China.
3: Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, it's a good movie.
3: Um, who's somebody that you've never met, but you've learned a lot from?
1: <sighs> never met but learned a lot um, well I mean not to be cliche or weird but Andy Warhol would be one that I, you know watching his life story and and kind of learning more about the guy because I never really knew anything about him other than oh, this Warhol is a shamble sure. soup right I mean you know totally famous dude kind of a super eccentric weird dude and but once I once I figured out like his life story there was some learning mm-hmm. done in there yeah um, both kind of some, some deep seated stuff and then just superficial stuff that I just never knew that you learn and you figure out, Oh, okay. And this is a little bit different part of the process that I can maybe at one point kind of put into my own process. Sure. So did
3: you watch that new documentary?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, um, it was a trip. so it was, I think, I think there was something to be learned from that a little bit on someone that I've never met. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Um,
3: that was true. I don't know if you saw it, but they, they used AI, to have him narrate did not see that so it was it was you know it was not not literally his words but his voice was narrating yeah Yeah, i haven't the whole thing was a trip
1: yeah it was a trip for sure
3: um last one if if i worked for you if i was on team michael uh what's something i would hear you say over and over
1: um (laughs) probably um i talk a lot when i'm painting I talk to myself a lot. Oh I, don't yeah? know. I heard smart people do that. I don't know if it's true or not, but. What do you say? I um, there's a lot of like, ooh, I'd like that, or, or what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> it goes on both sides of that coin. Like, That's okay, funny. What I, what were you thinking with that?
2: I got a lightning round question. Yeah. Biggie or Tupac? Um, Tupac.
1: All right.
3: Okay. Interesting nice you got another one of those no okay i like that one
2: Mm-mm. well actually i do no i don't no I don't. no I don't.
3: no I don't. man thanks for doing this super fun Absolutely. talking with you we'll be watching your career and thank you so much excited to see what you guys come up with next um how should everybody find you Online and
1: so I'm uh, website michaelkirst.com just my name.com and then uh, Instagram is really the only social I do at this point. Cool, uh, michaelkirst underscore art is my Instagram. And you can also, you can all yeah, you can also find him contact. on sugarpressart.com. Yep, He's got One, a print available,
2: and all everything that's available for sale is also in the shop in the Gorilla One shop.
3: Mm-hmm. Amazing, good stuff, man. Yeah, uh, great, can't wait to so see. Much.
1: I appreciate your time. Right on. Yo,
3: that was Michael Kirst on Rebel Radio with Guerrilla One. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you check out Guerrilla One for all the great stuff they're doing in the art world. Uh, Check out Michael's work online and go buy a piece. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.